Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Thank you for being here. Would you turn your Bibles to, I forgot because my insecurities are getting at me right now, all right? Uh, Turn your Bibles to Job chapter 12. We'll start in Job chapter 12. I want to give you a thought there, and we're going to jump around just a little bit. It's good to have all the kids here in church for our family service. And uh, so I've decided to just preach a, a different message, the message that I do preach to children and, and, and teens. And so, um, so adults, uh, hopefully we'll help you too. But, uh, but I know as we look in God's Word, right, there's always help in God's Word. Amen. And uh, I'd like to bring a message entitled, What is the Lord Like? What is the Lord like? I love Pastor Sammy. I love it. And he just, he brought it. Um, he brought it last week. And I love how he started off with, uh, with PBS Kids. Amen. I like that. And PBS Kids has changed a little bit, right? And, and, and Pastor Sammy talked about uh, Sesame Street. That's been going around for a long time. And everybody knows that Cookie Monster is, is the best character on Sesame Street. You know, he's, he's kind of gone a little woke, though, too. Now he's saying, it used to be he would eat all the cookies, right? But now he says, just one cookie. Right? So I didn't like that when I saw that. Give me a break. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, just one cookie, maybe two, if your parents are okay with that. All right, kids, I like Cookie Monster. Um, Mr. Rogers, of course, he's, he's truly the goat. All right, just one of the best human beings to ever live on earth. But, did, uh, but then Pastor Sammy mentioned Reading Rainbow. And, and for me, he lost a little bit of street cred when, <laughs> when he mentioned Reading Rainbow. Um, but, uh, uh, but I like reading. Reading Rainbow's okay. Butterfly in the sky. It's all right. But I grew up, what I really loved, um, some of you who are, uh, you're, uh, some of you Gen Xers, all right, the greatest generation ever. Um, you, you, you might remember uh, um, those uh, Mutual of Omaha, always sponsored by Mutual of Omaha, the animal documentaries. And I love animal documentaries. And I can still watch animal documentaries. I, lo- I love watching stuff about penguins and uh, um, elephants and butterflies. Don't tell anybody, but my favorite animal is a butterfly. I, kn- I know some people think I need to turn in my man card, and you can judge me all you want. I love butterflies. All right, I know that's weird, but, uh, but I mean, I, I love animals. You know, the Bible is full of picturesque language and metaphors, and, uh, and the Bible likens God to animals. You're there in Job chapter 12. The Bible says in Job chapter 12, verse number 7, but ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. And we know that the Bible tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, and embedded all over nature, God has placed evidence of Himself. Only, it's only the fool that could look into nature and say, there is no God. And I don't mean to be mean-spirited about that, but that is the Word of God. For anyone to look at this building, and we're blessed certainly with, with beautiful facilities, and anyone that would look at this building and say, wow, it's crazy that this building was built over billions of years. And just happened all by themselves. I mean, that would be foolish. Why? Because we look at this building and we see evidence of design. You go out into nature 
and you look at the trees and the flowers and animals, and we just look at the human body, and we, we look all over creation, and we see evidence of God's design everywhere. And it's only the fool that would say, there is no God. This all happened by itself. And embedded in nature are these drops of God's character. And what is the Lord like? What is He truly like? And we can all learn by speaking to the beasts. How many of you talk to your cats? Be honest. All right. You look around and judge these people. All right. Judge them. How many talk to your dogs? All right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. How many talk to your parrots? All right. How many talk to your, your fish? All right. Really judge those people. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. So we talk. Yeah. You speak to the beast. It's okay. It's scriptural. It's okay. Right. And the Bible tells us that we, hey, we can learn much by observing nature. Isn't that amazing? That's a good thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with good science, right? Things that we can observe and test and retest, all those things. And we could learn by watching nature and what we know about the human body. It's just amazing seeing what God designed. And then we could look at animals. And hey, I have butterflies, my favorite animal. Right there is the killer whale. So I'm just kind of a complex man. All right. I like butterflies, but I like killer whales too. I know they're called orcas, but I try to balance the butterfly by calling them killer whales. Amen. All right. I love the orca. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing. They're powerful. They're beautiful. They're intelligent on, uh, on Facebook. I, I enjoy social media. Um, I, I like reconnecting with people and, and, and seeing what you're doing on your, your vacations and being jealous and wish I could be adopted into your family and, and all those things. And, and, but I, I especially, I, I enjoy seeing food, all right? And if you, if, you, if you post a picture of barbecue or donuts, I will heart that thing so fast, you know? The thumbs up isn't enough. I will heart your donut so fast, all right? So, so follow me on Facebook if you want some, some hearts. And, you know, on your, on your food pictures and things like that. I, I, I enjoy social media myself, and I know we all need to balance those things in life. I get that. But, uh, but yesterday, as I was pre- prepping for this sermon, I decided to just ask, you know, what's, what's your favorite animal? And we got all kinds of responses. A few people said giraffe. Anybody would say your giraffe is your favorite animal, any boys or girls? Giraffes are cool. They're kind of funny looking, but they're awesome, right? That neck there is just one of the greatest design features in nature, right? Just the fact that the giraffe can bend all the way down and get a drink of water and not fall over and pass out every single time is amazing, right? How does that evolve? Couldn't evolve, right? God designed that, right? Some people said tiger, and that was my high school uh, mascot, so I'm all about the tiger. Um, Some people said dogs, love dogs. I I can watch way too many dog videos on social media. I'll I'll, I'll admit, I I love dogs. a couple tortoises, people who love tortoises and turtles, and, and that's fine, I, I can respect that. Um, nobody said cats, interestingly, amen? Nobody said cats. Somebody did comment that cats are free, freeloaders, right? And uh, um, they don't really like you, they're just using you, all right? And, uh, and that's fine, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with cats, it just depends on how you cook them. I'm just kidding, that's, I'm kidding, that's terrible, especially from a Filipino, that's really bad. <laughs> Really bad joke, I get that. So, um, but so, I mean, there are all kinds of different, different things that were, that were placed in there. But interestingly, the animals that we are going to look at didn't, didn't make the cut as far as there are a few animals. You're there in Job chapter 12. Would you go to Hosea? Go to Hosea, that, those elusive minor prophets, amen. Go ahead and just look in the table of content, it's okay. All right, or just use your digital advice. It's okay. All right, 
It's not NFL season now, so I know you're not checking your fantasy points and all that. It's all right. Go to Hosea chapter 13, and we're going to ask the Lord for his help as we look into the Word of God. What is the Lord like? What is the Lord like? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness, God. Thank you that you give us the privilege of coming into your house and praising your name. Lord, we, we sang praise to you, Psalm 150. Lord, truly, you're, you're great. It's your breath in our lungs. It's only because of you that our hearts beat and we could breathe out praise to you, Lord. And God, we, we praise your name, God, and we are completed by you. Thank you so much for the joy of singing your praises now. But Lord, as we look into your word, God, and just simply look at what you say about yourself, God, I pray that you'd help us and give us something good for our lives. Help us to be more like you as we study your word. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Hosea chapter 13, Hosea is an interesting book. It's an interesting story of love, of unconditional love, of grace and mercy. It's amazing. When you get to Hebrews 13, God is pulling no punches as far as his displeasure with his people. In Hebrews chapter 13, in verse number 4, he says, Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt. And so now God is bringing to remembrance where his people were from. Folks, don't ever forget where you're from. Don't ever forget the pit that God pulled you out of. Don't ever forget the miry clay that he pulled you out of. Don't ever forget that the family that he, re- that he repaired in your life. Don't ever forget the dysfunctional family he pulled you out of and, and the joy of knowing you don't, you don't have to live in that cycle anymore. Don't ever forget what God has done in your life. And there's, we've come to a place in, in Israel's history that they've forgotten Egypt. They've forgotten what it was like to be in bondage. They've forgotten what it's like to be in bondage. Don't ever forget that we were once in bondage, in slavery to sin, and now we live in freedom in Christ. Don't ever forget that. It says, yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness. Should that be a comfort in our life every single day? There'll be seasons in life where it just feels like you're trudging around in this wilderness that you have no idea how you got there, and you have no idea how you're going to get out of this thing. But he knows you in that wilderness. Amen. He's always there. It's a Bible truth that when our hearts are breaking, God is close by. Even when it doesn't feel like it, he's close. He draws near. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. Experience those seasons in life where it's just dry. Love the song that we sing. When I am dry, you fill my cup. He always does. There'll be seasons of you feel like you're trudging around through the wilderness. You're trudging around through this desert. You just want to get out of there, right? But God's there with us every step of the way. And he says in verse number six, according to their pasture, so were they filled. And so God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they trudged through the wilderness 40 years. They're just literally running around in circles. It did not have to take them 40 years to get through, to trudge through this wilderness to get to the promised land. 
But it did because of their disbelief and their apathy and their rebellion, and they're just running around in circles, right? Finally, they're prepared. God has prepared them by bringing them through this wilderness experience, through this drought, through this desert, through this hardship, right, to finally usher them into the promised land. And there's some work to occupy the promised land, but they get in there, and then they build this incredible uh, civilization, so to speak, and, and now they've got their pastures and their cattle and, and their systems and all these things going on now, and things are good. They're no longer in Egypt. They're not in bondage, and they're not trudging around through the wilderness. Now they're in the place that God promised to them, and they've made a pretty good life for themselves. Sounds like a pretty good story, right? Unfortunately, sometimes, after God brings us through stuff, and then now things are good, sometimes those are the most dangerous times in our lives. Look at it there. Verse number six, according to their pastures, so were they filled. And their heart was exalted, therefore have they forgotten me. Hold on, people of Israel, do you remember when when the the Egyptians, they changed their mind and they sent the armies of chariots after you and God took care of you and and he parted the Red Sea and you're trudging through a drought into the desert and all of a sudden you needed water and all Moses had to do was smite the rock and then speak to the rock and all of a sudden all this water comes gushing through for all the people of God's people and all of their cattle and everything and God dropped down manna from heaven. Have you forgotten those things? And you were trudging through this wilderness and you had no direction and God provided a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and all you had to do was follow. That's it. Have you forgotten what God has done for you? Oh yes, they have. They've forgotten. And it's those seasons where we feel like, okay, I've got this. That's bad. That's bad. So, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I, hey, 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 brother, yeah, I, I'm not a murderer. I'm not an adulterer. I don't do drugs. I'm not, I'm not a drunkard. I'm not, and you could name any single big sin that we think of that kindles God's wrath. But it's simply when we forget about God. And we're filled, and we've got our pastures and cattle and all these things, and we've got it all together that we forget what it was like to truly need him, where the truth is we need him every single day. Even when the pastures are full and the weather is great, we've got cattle and all those things and money in the bank and the children are behaving and getting good grades. Everything is good. We need God desperately in those times. And I just want to warn you, all of us, not to be at ease in Zion, as God says. Not to just be so impressed with what we've set up that we no longer need God and we forget about Him. And then so we get to these three animals that God likens Himself to. What is the Lord like? Well, He's like a lion, He's like a leopard, and He's like a bear. Well, let's start with the lion and the leopard. Would you look at verse number 7? Therefore, I will be unto them as a lion. Now, now watch this. Well, let, me, let me give you a couple of verses here, and then we'll, we'll break these things down. As a leopard, by the way, will I observe them. So when, in, when God talks about being like a leopard, he gives a little bit of a qualifier, right? He gives a little bit of a descriptor. So as a leopard observing, right? And verse number um, eight, real quick, look at that there. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, right? And so we have another qualifier for the bear, 
It is said there's nothing more ferocious than a mama bear protecting her cubs, right? Nothing more ferocious. I said, I love documentaries. I remember one time we were watching, a, we went to an IMAX theater, all right, and uh, we watched, that was back, back, in, back in the day, that was, that was edgy for us to go to, because the movie house wasn't something we did, but we went to the IMAX theater and watched a do- documentary, and there was this polar bear documentary, and the, at the very end, it, it, uh, it followed the mama bear and, and her two cubs, and, and you know, they are so precious and cute looking, and, and kind, of, kind of followed their lives, and at the end of the movie, man, it was so dramatic, now this big old male polar bear um, comes up on the scene, right? And those mean male polar bears, they eat the baby polar bears, right? And so they're running away, trying to get away from, from, from male polar bear, and, and, and you could see, I mean, the, the, the music is dramatic, and everything is just amazing, right? And, 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 and male polar bear catches up to female polar bear. They can't run anymore, and then all of a sudden, female polar bear turns and charges male polar bear. They both stand up on their, uh, on their hind legs, and uh, male bear is so much bigger than mama bear, but she would not back down. And then I th- there's no doubt that if male polar bear wanted to, he could have taken care of mama bear. But male polar bear just took off and said, see, I don't want any of this because mama bear is going to take care of her cubs. There's nothing more ferocious in nature than a bear, mama bear, taking care of her cubs. And so we see this descriptor, and it's powerful. It's important here to our message. The leopard is where? Well, there's this descriptor that the leopard observes, by the way. But interestingly, it says, I'll just meet them as a lion. Full stop, period. Because we all know about the lion, right? We think of the lion, we think of power. We think of a majestic creature. We think of the king of beasts, right? We know God is the king of kings, right? And so when we think of the lion, we think of this power. And when we put these three animals together, the leopard, the lion, the leopard, and the bear, we think of that ferocity. It doesn't give us a picture or feeling of peace and love and meekness, where no doubt um, God wants to give us peace that passes understanding that Jesus Christ on this earth, earth displayed humility and meekness. And of course, we know God is love. No doubt. Don't ever forget that. But the ferocity of God cannot be denied. He is a God of love, but He is a holy God. He is a God of love, but He is a just God. And we can't deny that part of God's character. But what is God? Where, what is this ferocity being um, target? What is, what is the target of God's kindled anger? We see that if you want to do a uh, um, interesting Bible study. You just plug into, uh, um, into your Bible app or your, your program, the word kindled, and just see the times in Scripture where God's anger or wrath is kindled towards certain things. And of course, we see, you'll see, you'll find there in Scripture that his, his wrath is kindled when his people are idolatrous. When something comes between us and God, he should be preeminent in our lives, Right? He should be the one that we love more than anyone or anything. Idolatry, God's wrath is kindled. Complaining. Wow. You read it, I think it's in the book of Numbers, when, when God's people are trudging around that wilderness, and, and, and God is providing water, and God is providing manna. Remember, this thing was just falling from the sky. All they had to do was go outside the camp and, and, uh, and harvest it and go back and prepare it. That's all they had to do. And they start complaining that, hey, man, I wish we had some leeks and some onions and garlic and some fish, because that's what they had in Egypt. Hold on. 
people of God, yeah, the onions, garlic, and, and, and fish, and leeks in, in Egypt was great, but you were slaves there. You don't want to go back there, right? And so they start complaining, and the Bible says that his wrath is kindled against a complaining spirit. Wow. Yes, we think of those biggies, but I tell you, complaining is a biggie when it comes to God. Why? Because he's so good to us. He provides more than our needs. He provides more than our needs. Oh, Pastor Jay, you don't know our situation. He provides more than your needs. Jesus Christ said, hey, if you have food and raiment, be content. God says, food and raiment, be content. You have more than that, and you know it. You have more than that. So God has provided more than our needs, even our most desperate situations, right? And so God knows what he has done for us, and for us to complain, it kindles. Wow. Kindles his wrath. But also, as we see here, complacency. Now, we're not in a terrible place in life, but we're just complacent, living an okay life, living a mediocre Christian life, come to church on Sunday mornings, but never cracking open the Bible again for the rest of the week, Right? Praying here, but never praying to God for the rest of the week. What are, what are you doing for God to advance the kingdom of God? Is there still a desperation for his presence and his power in your life? Even when things are okay, they're fine. You've got it covered. You're no longer in that wilderness. And so be careful not to forget God. He's like a lion. Forget he's powerful. He's like a leopard. You don't realize that the leopard is watching you until it's too late, right? And we forget that God is watching all the time. What is he like? He's like a lion. He's a leopard. But also, look at verse number eight. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps and will rend the call of their heart. And there will I devour them like a lion. In verse number eight, it says he's like that mama bear defending her cubs, right? And there's just a ferocity to God when it comes to the heart. Did you notice there in verse number six, he said their heart was exalted? Let's be careful. I know God has blessed our church with people who are in, incredibly intelligent, and you've done well in your career, and your, your place of employment, and, and you've, uh, um, you've climbed your way up the corporate ladder, right? And you've done well, and you've gotten education, and all these things, and you've accomplished much, and praise God for that. Praise God for that. God wants to use all of that, right? But let's be careful not to look in here and say, wow, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm smarter than I thought I was, right? I'm pretty cunning. I've got this business mind, all that. You have nothing without God. We are nothing without God. And when that heart of ours is exalted and thinking that we can control every aspect of our lives with no need of God, then we have a heart issue. When our hearts are exalted and God says, ah, don't forget, I do love you. I do delight in mercy. But your heart is so important to me. You have to remember, I'm like that mama bear, that ferocious mama bear that's going to go after the call of the heart. The call of the heart is just a membrane, like this fatty tissue that surrounds the heart. And what is God saying? In essence, let's get rid of what's in between the, your heart and me. Let's get after that. And so what is it? Is it your career? 
What idol is in your life that stands between you and, and God being supreme in your life? And God says, hey, whatever it is, it may hurt. It's like going through the fire, right? But it's that fire that purifies gold. And God says, I'll come as a bear and rend the call of the heart. Let's not have anything in between us and God. Verse number nine, would you look there? Oh, Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Mm. It's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Right? Israel, you've destroyed yourself, but in me is thine help. God says, you know, you did this to yourself. Isn't that tempting to do that to people sometimes? You did that. I tried to tell you, right? Praise God isn't like that. Yes, you did this to yourself, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Because he's not just like a lion, not just like a leopard, not just like a mama bear. He's also like an eagle. I love this. Would you go to Deuteronomy chapter 32? Deuteronomy chapter 32. Anybody seen bald eagles in the wild? Mm. <clears throat> there is little, there's, to me, there's nothing more majestic than seeing a bald eagle in the wild. It's amazing. Been to Alaska on a couple missions trips and seeing these bald eagles, I was just shocked at how, first of all, how huge they are and how they glide is amazing. And I remember seeing their nests, their nests are just huge. They're amazing things. Eagles are amazing creatures. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, and the Bible says there, as an eagle, now stop there, in verse number 12, so we're going to continue on with a thought there, but it's almost like we have a parenthetical here. As an eagle, verse number 12, so the Lord. As an eagle, so the Lord. And so now God is likening himself to an eagle. What is the Lord like? What is he like? He's like a lion. He's powerful. He's majestic. He's ferocious. He's like a leopard. He's watching when you don't realize it. He's like a mama bear. There's that ferocity that's going to tear away the call of our heart so there's nothing between us and God. But he's like an eagle. First of all, there's, there's a couple things here. As an eagle stirreth up her nest. You know what God's going to do when we're comfortable? When we've gotten out of the wilderness and now we've set up our pastures, our cattle are doing fine, everything's good, we're not in a drought anymore, and we're comfortable. What the eagle does, when the, when the eagle has their baby eaglets, right, and, and, the, and the mama eagle and daddy eagle, they'll, they'll take care of those babies. And, uh, and I remember seeing a nest over here and uh, um, one eagle over there and then another eagle on a different tree. And uh, uh, the local that was there telling us that was either the mama eagle or daddy eagle keeping watch over everything. It's just an amazing system that God designed and put in their brains. I mean, it's just there. And, and they take care of the eagles and they feed the baby eagles. But there comes a time where it's time for the baby eagles to not sit in that nest anymore, anymore, but to get out and fly. But you know what the mama eagle and daddy eagle have set up for them? They set up a real comfortable nest, right? So you know, on the outside, you see sticks and twigs and thorns and stuff like that. But inside, if you were able to go and see inside of a nest, you would see a whole bunch of down feathers and leaves and grass and stuff like that. So it's nice and soft and comfy for the baby eagle. So when mommy eagle says, okay, baby eagle, it's time to go and fly. Baby eagle says, it's comfy in here. 
You ever have mornings like that? It sure is comfy in bed. You got to go to work. No, it's so comfy. Why do I have to get out? You know, it's just like, well, I just want to snuggle in, right? And that's what baby eagle says. No, it's okay, mom. I'm good. Keep bringing me the worms, whatever, you know, the salmon, all that stuff. I'm good. It's nice and comfy. And mommy says, oh, okay. And so what mommy eagle and daddy eagle will do is they'll take those big talons and start stirring the nest. And what does that mean? They're getting, getting rid of the, um, the, the down feathers and the leaves and the grass and all that stuff. And so now when baby eagle sits down, it's not so comfy, right? And so baby eagle doesn't spend as much time just laying around the nest. It's like, wow, man, it sure is, man, I like to get, I'm getting poked over there. What in the world? And so they're standing, it's not as comfy in the nest. And so now baby eagle says, uh, you know what? I'll consider flying now. And that's what God does to us. Sometimes we're just too comfortable for our own good, not against having nice things. Praise God. I mean, and the Bible tells us, you just read Ecclesiastes, God's given us all these things to enjoy, but don't forget all these things that we enjoy are ultimately His. And to be used for His glory, not just for our comforts. And sometimes we are just so comfortable and God is urging us to do something more for him and step out on a limb and take on a ministry or, 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 or share your faith or, or give to a cause. And he says, you know what? No, I'm good. Why? Because you're sitting in that nest and there's a whole bunch of down feathers in there. Why change anything? Because you're comfy. And God says, you know what we need to do? Let's go and start making us a little bit more, less comfortable. So we realize there's so much more we can do for God. We're not meant to sit there in the nest. We're meant as believers to soar like eagles and do amazing things for him. But sometimes it takes some seasons in life or situations in life that make us a little bit uncomfortable. Stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, and spreadeth abroad her wings. Remember being in Alaska and just looking, just watching what was going on and seeing the, bird, the, the eagles over here. And then there was just something weird happened. There was an eagle on this huge nest, and then it would just flutter a little bit over the nest. Just flutter. And I just wonder, ooh, what was it going after? It was going after a, a rabbit or something. I just thought it was going to start to flutter and, just, and go after some small animal. I thought, that would be awesome, right? But it just fluttered. <laughs> and back down. It's like, oh, that was weird. Just kind of randomly did that, did it again. Like, oh, what's it going to get? It's going to get something that's going to be awesome. What in the world? So it was explained to me. All right, so baby eagle, now is, the nest isn't so comfortable. It's time for it to fly. And so it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to consider it, mommy. You're like, oh, man, we're way up high. And so baby, eagles, baby eagle is looking around and just seeing ground and rocks and, and all it sees, it's just looking down and looking at nature. It's like, no way, man. I just, that's too scary. And so what Mama Eagle does, spread abroad its wings and flutter. And you know what baby, do, baby eagle's doing this, looking down, and all of a sudden looks up. Wow, Mommy, you're amazing. Your wings are, Wow. And then mommy lands back down, and they say, wow, mommy and daddy are amazing. Whoa, look at all that down there. That's crazy. There's no way. Are you kidding me? I'm going to die. Mommy does it again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Baby looks up. 
Wow. That's what God does to us. We get to a point where, you know what, hey, okay, I I think I'm ready to take a step of faith. And you take that first step of faith, and guess what? That first step of faith is always a step of fear. We're all human, right? God wants to put you in the unknown. There is a step of fear, of course. And then so we look around, no, 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 I can't do this. There is no way. And then God says, I'm like an eagle. I'm going to flutter up above you. You stop looking down and you look out, God, wow, you're amazing. God, you're powerful. God, God, you can do this. And instead of looking at the dangers around us, our Heavenly Father just spreads those wings and unveils His majesty and power to us and gets our focus off of our circumstances and all the the potential danger around us and says, no, you're looking at the wrong thing. And yes, if we look at this world, there's a whole bunch of stuff to be scared of. And that's why God says, no, look at me. He is powerful. He is amazing. He is majestic. And as long as we keep looking down, we won't accomplish anything. And so we, God says, turn your focus up here. Let me show you how amazing I am. Wow. And then he says this, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. Now, I wish I saw this, because this is pretty cool. And so now, all right, not so comfy in the nest anymore, right? So, okay, so baby eagles are kind of wandering on the nest. They look down, they get a little bit scared. Mommy eagle, daddy eagle flutter the wings. And so now baby eagle looks up. It's okay, whew, yeah, we could do this. If mommy can do it, daddy can do it, we can do this. All right, and so now baby eagle will take that first step out of the, out of the nest, leap, and which direction do they typically go? down, right? And so baby eagle will start floating, fluttering, and it's, it's not beautiful. It's not majestic at all, right? And, and could you imagine those moments of terror of baby eagle? And they're going to say, what in the world is going to, I thought this was all supposed to be good. What are we doing here? I am going to die. And just right at the last second, if baby eagle can't get it figured out, mommy eagle, daddy eagle are already right down there, and they will swoop under, boom, catch baby eagle, bear them on their wings, and bring them up. That's what God does for us. Those steps of fear, they're natural. But when we think about God and His character, how much He loves us, those steps of fear are irrational. They're irrational. If God wants you to do something, hey, guys, Guys, give me just a second here. I just want to tell you about how great God is. All right? Don't ever forget God loves you so much. He loves you so much, He will guide your life. And you will embark on a journey that has so much uncertainty to it. But He's like this mama eagle. Just go and just take that step. And, and then when you first get going in the Christian life or whatever you think God has meant, you're going to be flailing away and it's not going to be pretty at all. And here's God. You're all right. I've got you. Bear them on their wings. Get you back up on that nest. It's like, okay, try again. Because the prudent man, the just man, will fall seven times and gets back up again with God's help. What is God like? That's what he's like. But lastly, can I just show you one last animal? Would you go to John chapter 1? Go to John chapter 1, verse 29. Yes, he's like a lion. 
Full stop. He's powerful. He's majestic. He's ferocious. He's like a leopard. He's observing and watching. We don't realize it. We forget it, but he is. He's like that mama bear who's going to rend the call of our hearts and with that ferocity uh, take, take care of whatever is in between us and God. He's like an eagle, praise God. He stirs our nest. He flutters above us so we remember how great he is and how small our fears are in comparison to him. But lastly, in John chapter 1, verse 29, when John saw him in the way, he said this, the next day John seeth, Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus, God the Son, is like a lamb. Once again, going back to my Facebook post, nobody said the sheep was their favorite animal, right? Why? Because sheep are known as dumb animals, right? I don't think, you know, I love, I will watch, I don't know how and why when I think about it, like those, those dog, dog shows, that competition, I don't, even remember, I don't even know what it's called. I don't know what the judges are looking for, right? There's a dog just walking with their dog handler, right? That's all. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Next, a dog just walking along with the dog handler. I love those things, right? But you're never going to, there's not going to be a sheep show, right? There's not going to be a sheep show. There's not, you're not going to, we're not going to come up with seeing eye sheep, right? They're just not known as smart animals. And then the lamb is just a young sheep. And God likens his son to a lamb. He willingly made himself helpless. He was God. He could have commanded 10,000 angels to say, let's be done with this. He could have. But because he loved you and me so much, he died for us. Shed his blood on a cross. Rose again. Paid the price for our sins. Because I couldn't pay the price for my sins. Nobody in here can. If you're in here today, if you're a a human, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no earning the favor of God. Jesus Christ paid for that. If baptism could save you, Jesus Christ was wasting his time by dying on a cross. If church membership could save you, Jesus Christ was wasting his time by dying on a cross. You fill in the blank. Whatever way that we come up with as human that's not in Scripture... God, we're making the blood of Jesus Christ of no effect if we could earn it ourselves. But the truth and the fact of the matter, we can't earn heaven. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. And I'm not trying to insult whatever religious system you grew up in. I, I, I grew up in the, in, the, in the Catholic Church, and I don't mean this in an insulting and mean-spirited way. But, but what I was taught, that, that, uh, uh, that the, the sprinkling of baptism washed away my sins, you won't find in Scripture that my good works could, could pay me, uh, pay my sin debt. You won't find that in Scripture. Jesus Christ is the Lamb who willingly gave himself and shed his blood for you and me so that we could know God and have a home in heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is all of these to all of us. He is whatever you need in this season in life. But let's be honest, is there some call in the heart, something that's between you and God that just needs to be ripped away. 
The truth is, sometimes that hurts. It's a painful process, I get it. But I wouldn't change those seasons of my life that were refining seasons in my life, that drew me closer to God, that opened up a new ministry for me, and just, I wouldn't change that. It's not fun in those seasons, but maybe God's preparing you for the next incredible season in your life, right? But he's an eagle. Maybe you're going through a season of that nest getting stirred. All right, it's a little bit uncomfortable now. It's a little bit scary, but don't forget the fluttering and the spreading of the wings of your heavenly father, how amazing he is. Get your focus off of circumstances and fears and keep it on the God who empowers us. But he is the lamb wants to take away your sins, wants to give you a home in heaven. Would you let us introduce you to him today? What is the Lord like? Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.